You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey everyone, Tim Robertson uh, with Tech Fan number 81. Yep, it's just me so far. David is on the road. He is desperately looking for a Wi-Fi hotspot, at which point he will uh, get on Skype and uh, join the show. So until that happens, yep, you're stuck with just me. And it's been a long time since I've done, well, really any kind of a solo thing. Now, during my my Mac podcast days, uh, I almost always had a co-host, although I did start that show with no co-host. It was just me. And later at OWC, probably, oh, two-thirds of the show that I did for OWC Radio was just me. It was solo. And I had guests come on the show for interviews and the like. So, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I really haven't done any solo shows. David's done a couple of solo shows here on TechFan, but I haven't. So, And this won't be a solo show if David can find the elusive, mysterious open Wi-Fi access point in uh, the UK. So until then, it's just me. Here's a question for you. We're going to, I'm kind of holding off going into the, the news and stuff. Uh, sorry. Um, looking at my phone because someone just texted me. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny. As you know, I, uh, I run a company called Mac Specialist. I'm the COO in Chicago, and this weird thing happened about, oh, two weeks ago. MTV, yes, MTV, the uh, We Used to Be Music Television channel, contacted us because they wanted to use our chi- downtown Chicago on, on Well Street, that store as a place to shoot some series that they're doing called Underemployed. And uh, I've been talking with uh, an associate... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I've been talking with the producer from the show about doing just that, and uh, that text was, sorry, I'm, i am i got to get the information to you still. She's supposed to send me a script and uh, a legal agreement and compensation information and all that fun stuff. Um Basically, you know, I don't care about the whole script. I just want to make sure if they're going to shoot in our store and our logo is going to be visible, I don't want anything derogatory said about the store. (laughs) Kind of, you know, duh. So once I get that, you know, I sign it and then they come in and then they film. It's kind of neat. Uh, I have to clear out my store for the day that they're filming, but it's from like 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. And I won't be there myself. Um, I'll be home on the day that they're filming. I could go in, but I don't really care, to be honest. Uh, They did want someone from Mac Specialist to be an extra in the scene. And I'm not doing that. So somebody in the store, I'll probably will uh, have someone do it, but it's not going to be me. But that's what that text was about. I'm holding off talking about all the news from the week that um, has just happened, which most of you already know about, until David joins us. But... You know, if it gets too late in the show and David hasn't found that elusive Wi-Fi hotspot, then I'm going to uh, just get into it. But there is some things I want to talk about with or without David being here. And one of them is 9to5Mac is reporting that, oh, let's see. It doesn't say where the, uh, okay, Apple and apps 
is the website. They found a new feature that involves Apple's iTunes Match. And David is asking, him, am I getting his call attempts? I'm not. So we're going to see if we can bring David in because it's not showing that he's calling me and he's trying to. So good old Skype. We'll see if, uh, see, it's just saying connecting, connecting, connecting. Nothing's happening. So I'm going to tell David, no. And I'm going to reboot Skype. Rebooting Skype on my end. It's the fun things about doing a podcast when, you know what, I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to keep recording. You guys get to hear all the behind the scenes, you don't care about stuff. That's just how I roll. I've got a lot of contacts in Skype. So we'll try uh, calling David again here. I've rebooted Skype and see if it works. It's weird. It showed that he was online earlier, but he actually wasn't. And now that he's online doesn't seem to want to connect to him. Odd. So while Skype does its thing, and it'll probably interrupt me in a second, Um, iTunes Match, and this again is from App and Apps, they found this new feature in the developer preview of iOS 6. It can now stream music directly with iTunes Match without downloading. That's kind of a big deal because, you know, with iTunes Match before, you could re-download your music. The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. No, he's not, Skype. You're lying to me. Oi. I'm going to tell him to reboot his Skype. Reboot Skype on your end and then call me. There. Uh, with iTunes Match, it was cool, and I signed up for it. It's, what, 25 bucks a year? But the neat thing was you could download the stuff that you've purchased through iTunes to any of your devices. If you, Let's say you, you bought a brand-new album at home on your Mac, uh, and you forget to sync your iPhone. Well, now you're wherever. You're, you're at your hotel on vacation, and you realize, crap, I really wanted to listen to that new album I bought. Well, with iTunes Match, boom, it will allow you to download it to your iPhone or your iPad or your travel Mac or what have you. only thing that wouldn't work was an old-school iPod for obvious reasons. So that was a pretty cool feature, but it would also match up anything that's in your library that you didn't buy through iTunes and allow you to download the iTunes version. And if it didn't have, it couldn't make a match, and that was the case with a lot of my music, it would simply upload a copy of your file and allow you to download your file, your song, whatever, on your other devices. I think it's a great idea. I don't think Apple really markets it well, because a lot of people that I deal with on a day-to-day basis for Mac Specialists had no idea it was there. Oh, look, David uh, Cohen is now ringing in. Let's see if it works. Hello. Hey, David, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm glad I finally made it. I'm (laughs) doing the very tenuous connection thing through uh, a MiFi. Oh, a MiFi. I thought you were looking. You you had no luck. Well, no, yeah, I think the uh, place where I'm at, the uh, hotspot there, blocks Skype. So that's why I think that's why I was struggling. Yeah, a lot of companies do that because they don't want scummy people like you coming and hogging all the bandwidth, man. 
Yeah, don't want me coming sitting in the car park you damn doing s- podcasts. You, you, you damn Skype hippie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just uh, talking about the feature that 9to5Mac is reporting that a company called App and Apps, I'm assuming that's a website, uh, yes it is, found a new feature in the developer for preview of iOS 6 that iTunes Match can now stream music. You don't have to download it. And that's ah. kind of that's kind of significant. I think that changes things up a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. But I also think that Apple has done a, a really uh, a poor job for the for most people to really explain what iTunes Match is and really advertise it well. Because, like I said just a few minutes ago, before you jumped on, I deal with people all the time uh, through Mac specialists that had no idea what iTunes Match was. No, it's, it's it's very much a kind of an underplayed service. And sometimes you do wonder whether that's done on purpose because actually the music companies don't want uh, Apple to uh, over-promote it. No, nah, I don't think so. I think it's probably under-promoted because Apple knew there was still a few bugs and kinks to work out in the yeah. system until it was really robust enough to to do the, you know, the dancing silhouettes to iTunes match ads, yeah. <laughs> which they won't do, but you know what I mean. I think it's nothing as, as more sinister as that. And let's be honest, Apple sells hardware. They don't sell software. You yeah. know what I mean? That's They focus on hardware. And in fact, uh, I haven't seen it, but it's being reported that Apple actually has a new television commercial that's surprisingly featuring the Macintosh, specifically the brand new Retina Display 15-inch MacBook Pro that was released this week. I haven't seen right. it. I would. I would no, love I've, to see that ad. Yeah, I haven't seen. I actually went into the Apple Store um, yesterday to have a look at the new Retina MacBook Pro. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I haven't seen the ad. You thought they might might have been showing it in the store, but they weren't. So. Um, well, so tell me about. I mean, let's let's for those who's been living under a rock all week, or you know, like me, has just simply been busy. I still haven't watched the keynote. I've downloaded it. I've I've watched about ten minutes of it, and something keeps coming up. Right. Um, yeah. Starting at twenty one ninety nine. It's a thinner version of the MacBook Pro. Of the 15-inch MacBook Pro. I'm not sure what... Honestly, David, looking at the specs and stuff, it really isn't a MacBook Pro. It really is a MacBook Air. I don't know why they just didn't call this the 15-inch MacBook Air. Uh, Yeah, I I wonder if they think that... um, I I, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to um, differentiate between the Pro and the Air lines and kind of make the Air as the laptop for kind of the old MacBook... You know, it's the it's the cheaper end. It's the uh, the kind of the general computer, and then the pro is for, is the one for people who you know really need a lot of power. Right. Um, you know, I, I suspect that's what they're trying to do. Um, but it's interesting. You go to the Apple Store and start looking for it, and you can't. I mean, <clears throat> you can tell them apart if you put them side by side. But if you look at a table with, you know, obviously the Apple Store has those tables covered in computers. If you look at them, you kind of have to look fairly hard. To see which one is the new MacBook Pro. Really? Um, yeah, and because the the ones by default in the Apple Store are configured as the factory, which means that the resolution doesn't look any different unless you look closer and see that it's a much clearer screen. The actual size of all the screen real estate is actually the same 
resolution as it was on the old MacBook Pro. It's just that each um, pixel on the old MacBook Pro is now being done by four pixels on the new one. So it's it's you know you've got that incredible sharpness. Did you notice? That, I mean, when you look at the screen, does it really pop out at you? Only if they have like a background photo. I mean, the, if you look closely, you can see kind of like the icons do on an iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a new iPad, you can look and see that there's much more detail in the icons. Um, and it and don't get me wrong, it does look amazing. But the problem is, is that um, uh, there's an awful lot of stuff, um, certainly in Lion, that that kind of is not really making good good use of the MacBook Pro. And, and most of the third party software isn't optimized for such a high resolution no. display yet. Yeah. No. So, so uh, I mean, you know, I, I think it really is. Uh, it, it's kind of a bragging rights computer, um, yeah. and obviously, if you, mine swings if longer you, than yours. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. and obviously, as well, is is that um, you know, as software develops, then it's going to. I think it, I think it's very early days for it. I think once apps start becoming native for that, then it's it's going to look radically different. And I suspect with Mountain Line, it's going to look very different as well. And I suspect that this is just the first Retina Display Mac. Two years from now, it'll be rolled out through the entire line when they brought the the price of these things down. Because yeah. let's be honest, you can't stick a Retina display on a eleven ninety nine thirteen inch MacBook. No, <laughs> I mean, that, well, that's, no, that's not going to go. It's not no, going to be eleven ninety nine. Yeah, there would be a sixteen ninety nine MacBook Air. Right. Um, yeah, and and the, uh, slightly frustrating for me is that because so many people have concentrated on that new machine, there's nobody talking about the improvements to the old. The and they're significant. Machine. They are well, exactly. significant. I definitely want a uh, a new MacBook Air. I have I've had every one of the eleven inches they've made. I had the Core Two Duo One. I've currently got the uh, the Core i Five One Point Six Gigahertz, and I want one of the new ones because I love my eleven inch MacBook Air. It's my you know it's probably my favorite Mac I've ever had. Um, so the eleven want- inches and they're now coming in at sixty four gigabytes SSD, four gigs of RAM. Um, and again, 64 gigabyte flash storage, uh, a, a new Intel HD graphics 4000 chip, and an yep. i5 at 1.7 gigahertz. And USB 3. And USB. That's kind of the big thing that a lot of people, I don't want to say are ignoring, but I think it's more significant than most people think. If you look at all of the laptops now that Apple are selling, they're all USB 3. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, and I, and I, I kind of know why, but I kind of am disappointed at the same time. The Mac Pro, they put a new processor in it, but that's it. Still, no Thunderbolt on the Mac Pro, even though the Mini has Thunderbolt, the iMac has Thunderbolt, the laptops have Thunderbolt. The only one that doesn't is the Pro machine, which I, I don't get that at all, David. I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away. And if I'm not mistaken, it doesn't have USB three either. No, it doesn't. What? What's uh, I mean, going obviously, on? obviously, it has it has slots, so you can add. Yeah, I don't know. If you can get a Thunderbolt card for it, but you can certainly get USB three card. No, for you it. cannot get a Thunderbolt card for it. I don't. Um, I don't get it. I really don't. I I know Pro users, Mac Pro users, who have held off buying a new Mac Pro because, other than the slight speed bump here. It hasn't been updated in two years. Yeah. I, I don't... And look, I, I there's reports out there that someone actually emailed Tim Cook, who replied, and it's been confirmed, that they've got something coming up for the Mac Pro, but they're talking about next year. 
I, yeah. I don't get it. I sell Macs for a living. I know what the demand for the Mac Pro is. If Apple would have released a new architect, that's not quite how I should say it, but a new Mac Pro with a different form factor, preferably one that could fit into, like, I don't know, a 4U enclosure with Thunderbolt, with USB 3, it, they would sell a lot of them. It would be profitable. Yeah. Now, it's not going to sell in, in MacBook Pro or MacBook Air numbers, but I do think it would sell well. It would be profitable for them. It, I it, think a lot I, of yeah. users are frustrated right now. I suspect that that they have a resourcing issue with the Mac Pro. If you look at if you look at the internals of that machine, I mean, basically, the case I, I have a I have a two gigahertz um, Power Mac G5 that my son uses at home, and it basically is exactly the same case as the yep. as the current one. The insides the are totally different, but the yeah. the, the outside <laughs> it looks the same. And exactly. and Apple is positioning this as their their server source. You could use yeah. either use a Mac Mini or a Mac Pro yeah. as a server. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but if you look at the internals of the rest of the line compared to the Mac Pro, the Mac Pro is really the odd one out now. It's the only proper desktop ar- desktop architecture machine they have. Yeah, because the the internals of the iMac, the internals of the uh, laptops are broadly the same, and the Mac Mini. Um, yeah, exactly. They're all they're all effectively the same thing. I mean, you know, variations in components and form facts and everything. But in terms of you know system architecture, they're basically all laptops. Yes. Uh, except for the Mac Pro, which is a um, an, a kind of a proper old school style logic board desktop system. And you know, whatever improvements Intel has made over the years, and you know, kind of these things are, are kind of stellar performers compared to the uh, PCs of old and the Macs of old. The point is is that while laptop architecture is always more constrained in performance compared to the desktop architecture. So I can only think that Apple are steadily working on it on some sort of replacement for the Mac Pro. I don't think it will be the same chassis. I think it will be something that looks radically different. But I suspect the people working on that on that hardware is a fairly small team and they are just struggling to get it done. The thirteen inch MacBook Air Air was also updated. Uh, it's still sitting at 128 and 256 gigabytes uh, SSD, uh, 1.8 gigahertz dual core i5s, four gigs yeah. of RAM. Really, there's two of them, 11.99 and 14.99. The only difference, one has 128 storage, one has 256. But yeah. still, uh, an impressive and fast machine. And, my and my wife uses one. Not yeah, the new not only one, that, a hundred dollars cheaper than $100 all the hundred dollars cheaper. That's significant, and I don't think a lot of people have paid attention to that either. Apple reduced prices on the bottom of the line. That's which is, which is very rare for them. That is very rare. Um, I the fifteen can, I can inch. Only assume, yeah, I can only assume that that you know that's kind of. I, I suspect there's two reasons for that. First of all, one reason is they could. You know, they have volume, manufacturing volume and margin to allow them to do that and still not affect the bottom line. So I suspect, you know, it's probably something that, that Steve Jobs might never have done, but, but this is Tim Cook now, and it, and it was yeah. a case of saying, well... I, I, don't, I don't like what? speculating on that sort of thing. Okay. The prices came down under Steve Jobs as well. I mean, yeah, just I look guess. at the iPod, where, where that started. Yeah, I, I, all right, fair enough. But uh, the point is, is, that, is that, you know, the, they have Windows 8 coming which, uh, you know, is an unknown quantity at this point. So why not give yourself a bit of insulation by closing your price points up a bit? 
and and secondly, of course, you know, there's there's um, there's PC laptops that are starting to look like the MacBook Air now. Well, um, I'm going to get and, into a story about that here in a few minutes after yeah. the first break because I think this I, is kind of an interesting thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, 15-inch MacBook Pros as well. That's the one I want. Uh, the price did not come down on the 15s. They're 17.99 and 21.99. If I was going to buy a machine right now, David, the 13 for me is a little cramped. Mm-hmm. Um, it, here's another thing that not a lot of people are talking about. Where's the 17-inch, David? It's gone. It is gone. No announcement and, and I, was made. It's just nope. poof, gone. I was very sad to see that because I always had a soft spot for the 17-inch. Yeah, but you um, know what? They were big and they were, as a company, we didn't sell a lot of the 17-inch MacBook Pros. And when we did... Yeah. It was pretty much a bill to order, so yeah. I, I I actually this this trip I've been away I've been using a seventeen inch PowerBook to play Diablo two on. <laughs> You're so bad. It's been fabulous. It's been fabulous. After all that Diablo talk, you got to break out the the G four and crank it up, huh? Yeah, I did, and I've been having a good time. A very good time. I've been playing uh, Harry Potter Lego on the iPad. The right. new, the years five through seven. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a little bit grinding, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And I've got like three other new games on here, including Max Payne, which I haven't even launched yet that I'm looking forward to playing. But I'm a I'm a Lego player. I like playing those games. Yeah. So the 15 inch. Love, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, just as a lover of laptops, I still get a thrill every time I pull a 17 inch oh, out of my bag because it it is it is a big honking laptop, but it's so gorgeous. Yeah, that 17 so I, I was, was a nice machine. Yeah, I was sad to see it go. But they weren't selling a lot of them. No. Uh, the 15 inch, and, and like I said, if I was going to get one, I would get the 1799 one. Um, the difference between 2.3 gigahertz and 2.6 gigahertz, eh. Now, yeah. what I would do if I bought one immediately is I would uh, put put the RAM up to 16 gigs, so I'd pull the four gigs out, yeah. and I would rip that 500 gigabyte 5400 slow ass RPM drive out. And put at least a two terabyte at seventy two hundred RPM. Uh-huh. At that point, it's a better machine than the fifteen inch, two point six that costs twenty one yeah. ninety nine. And here's the thing, David: everything I just said, I'm still under the twenty one ninety nine price point. Yeah, yeah. I I um I have a bit of a quandary now. I'm I'm coming out to um to the states in uh, late August, and I'm going to be at the Moscone Center, so just around the corner from the Apple Store. So I am going to eBay my current MacBook Air and buy an updated model uh, while I'm there because with the price difference in the dollar, um, you know, basically that's a cost-neutral change for me, so why the heck not? Yep. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of a bit stuck because obviously I could buy another 11. Mine, mine is an 11-inch with a 128-gig SSD. I couldn't manage with a 64. But, uh, you know, and then I'm starting to think, well, should I get the 11 or should I get a 13? All things being equal, I think a 13 makes more sense. The, the 10 is just a little bit on the tiny side, and the keyboard is not a full-size keyboard like it is on the 13. Um, yeah. And if I was going to get a 13, I probably would go with the 1499 one rather than the 1199 one. Yeah. Uh, because, well, you can't update an Air after... or uh, Well, this is a Mac... I don't know. Do you think you'd go with a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro? No, I'd definitely go with an Air. An um, Air. So, yeah. So, now you're talking for 1199 the 128 or for 1499 I mean, 256 Yeah, I don't... See, I don't need 256 I always have external yeah, drives. Yeah, then I would go for the 1199 
Yeah, but so for the 13 or for the 11, though? You think the 11's too small? That's, you know, that's a personal thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I see, like, when I'm using the 11, sometimes it does feel small, but there, every time that happens to me, I kind of think, I don't understand why that is, because it has higher resolution than, uh, say, a 12-inch PowerBook, which never felt small. I, <laughs> you kind of think, well, this has more resolution than kind of a 15-inch PowerBook of, like, four or five years ago. Why yeah, does it feel crap? But, but, it, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. Resolution really isn't the issue, though. It's the 11 inches. It's, it's a yeah, small screen. You wouldn't think there's a big difference between an 11 and a 13. It's a world of difference. The same as a 13 to a 15. It really is yeah. a big difference. I, personally, yeah. I cannot... I, I, as you know, I owned an 11-inch yeah. uh, Air, and I sold it because it was just too small. Yeah. Um, and it was more yeah. about the keyboard for me than anything, but and it yeah. was, but it was still too small. The 13-inch, I could work with, Yeah. but... Yeah. The only issue I'm going to have then is uh, is the where did that come from factor, <laughs> yeah. which is you know if I change the eleven for another eleven, then nobody knows the difference except me. Whereas if I go for a thirteen, I, my not, wife might notice. <laughs> I'm I'm say I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland right now, but <laughs> <laughs> Switzerland. I see personally, I always kind of gravitate towards the pro line. Because yeah. you can upgrade the RAM, which you can on the air. You can upgrade the hard drive, which you can on the air. And for all intents and purposes, it's thicker, and it weighs a little bit more. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, the flexibility is so much greater with the Pro line, and it's starting at the same price point. If you get an 11-inch MacBook Air, it's 11.99. If I get an 11-inch, I'm sorry, if I get a 13-inch MacBook Air, it's 11.99. If I get a 13-inch Pro, it's 11.99. I, I, to me, the value is at the at the pro level, not the airs. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. the weight and and the upgradability are big enough factors for me to, to really step down to a this is what you get and that's all it's gonna be machine. Yeah, I guess I say that but I'm a huge fan of the iPad. But it's they're different yeah. devices. They are. They are. Yeah, there there are still I mean it's it's a lot closer than it used to be, but there are still times when you kind of doing things on iPad, and you kind of think, "I wish I had a proper laptop for this." Absolutely, um, fewer times than they used to be, definitely, but still, nevertheless, times. And that's going to remain true for a while. Yeah. And of course, the 15 inches were updated, uh, 17.99, 21.99. And like I said, I would go with the the low end 15 and upgrade it myself with third party yeah. RAM and a hard drive. And then, really, the last thing is the Retina Display MacBook Pro. It's the least upgradable computer. There's absolutely nothing in there that uh, a, a user can fix themselves. So absolutely get Apple Care on any of these devices, but even more so with this Retina display. You cannot change your own hard drive. You cannot add RAM. If something happens to this Retina display MacBook Pro, there's literally nothing you can do at home to fix it. Make uh, sure I, you buy Apple Care with this. Uh, and also... You know, this. I mean, I I always recommend this with new hardware products from Apple um, to get it's Apple first Care rev. because first rev, yeah, uh, it could have hard. It could have, you know, manufacturing faults, design faults, just the the odd bug in it. Um, and I find you you get further along with Apple if you have Apple Care. Oh yeah. Well, as yeah. A, an authorized Apple service provider, look, I make more money, David, if someone comes in with a thirteen month old. 
laptop that's broken without Apple Care than I do if they come in with Apple Care. Okay? I'll make more yeah. money off anybody listening that doesn't have Apple Care. And at yeah. the end of the day, money's important. But that's I'm right, telling yeah. you, get Apple Care. Definitely. It pays uh, for itself with one repair. One. God, I, I dread to think what the. Um, re- hard, what the hardware replacement cost is for that screen Mm-mm-mm. if you have a problem with it. <laughs> Buy a new one. Yeah. If it's if it's thirteen week or thirteen months old and you don't have Apple Care and it breaks, just buy a new one. It's going to be cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You can still you still sell the old one on eBay and still get money for it. Oh, even absolutely. If it's broken. Well, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, take our first break, David. All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suze Gilbert, John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh, Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you. Only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon. And my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't... (sighs) Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about Pocket Sized Podcast at PocketSizedPodcast.com. And now, I'm going to go throw my phone in the river. La 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 la. Hey, 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 Kevin, what are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm just warming up for our big uh, music number. M- music number? Yeah. We we don't we don't do music numbers on our podcast. The uh, Mac Specialist Podcast is a tech podcast. We talk about Apple computers and solutions to people's technology problems using Apple computers and. Occasionally, we talk about Google solutions, and we talk about you know using iOS and how to manage iOS devices and how to think IT if you're a small business owner. But we definitely don't do musical numbers. No music. Oh man. Well, you're not going to cut the dance routine, are you? No, no. You we we're definitely going to do the dance routine. Hi, Timothy Gregoire here from the Church Tech Geeks Podcast. Well, I'm about to run a sound check here at the church for a concert, but I want to take a quick moment to tell you about the Church Tech Geeks Podcast. It's a weekly show that talks about all things live production and church technology. We talk about topics from live sound, lights, and media to building websites for your organization. Join me each week as I walk you through some useful skills or while I talk to special guests from Adam Christensen to Nate Rake in a media show. Now, if you excuse me, I have a concert run. The Church Tech Geeks is a member of the Stoplight Network. It can be found in iTunes or at thechurchtechgeeks.com or in the Attack of the Stoplight Network feed. Something cool, David. Uh, 
and something not cool. Alyssa Paselli, who has been on the MyMac podcast in the past, uh, and she's one of the three geeky ladies on that podcast, brand new podcast in the Stoplight Network, was in Chicago. And, of course, I work in Chicago. Yeah. Nah, I didn't get to see her. No? No, just didn't work out. I had meetings the the day that we could have possibly gotten together, me and her husband and her. And uh, I and then the night that she got in, I was already at my hotel in the suburbs. I was, you know, at least a half hour away. And I was tired, and it was like 8 o'clock. <laughs> But it, it, but it kind of sucks because I was looking forward to meeting. I've never met uh, Alyssa in person, and uh, nor her husband. So that would have been nice. But eh, alas, it doesn't work out. Yeah, I, I'm as as I mentioned before, I'm going to be in San Francisco in August. So uh, I'm going to see if I can hook up with Owen while I'm there. That would be awesome. Uh, yep. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we've. Oh yeah, you know who else is in uh, San Francisco? Who? Um, the other geeky lady. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, why am I drawing a blank on her name, Jackie? Oh right, she's, okay. in, she's well, in San Francisco. She's a great. She's great. Uh, okay. She came to the MacWorld Expo this year, and that was the first time I met her. She's fantastic, great conversationalist, <laughs> very smart, and she's a true geek. I mean, what more could you want? I need to. Stop and she some and, then. and she's a woman. She's one of those girls. Yeah, <laughs> she's awesome. Um, the the last time I had someone in San Francisco or in a uh, Chicago was John Nemo, and of course that didn't work out either. It's really frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating sometimes, but it is what it is. Let's talk about we uh, hinted at this earlier about that the PC companies out there are ha- and have been for well, I don't know since the dawn of time aping de- uh, Apple's designs. I love the word aping because aping. I, it does have this kind of, you know, monkey mimic thing that kind of I really think really fits with a, a PC manufacturer trying to copy Apple. Yeah. So, and I find this very interesting at a time where HP was reported to be getting out of the consumer market before they reversed course on that and fire the idiot CEO who said that. Um, at a time where Dell sales are tanking, that Livono's not doing very well, that Sony's not seeing any increase in sales, um, during a recession, blah, 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 all doom and gloom, a company is coming up and saying, we're getting into both laptop and desktop computing for the very first time, and that's Vizio. And have you seen their, uh, their offerings yet, David? No, I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure that they're planning to be available outside the U.S. I just sent so, you a uh, link from uh, All Things D, and I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, maybe I'll even uh, use this as this show graphic, but probably not. Um, I don't know. I've seen this design somewhere. It's it's kind of odd. <laughs> uh, are they are they are they inspired by Samsung? Maybe. <laughs> they're inspired by Samsung being inspired by Sony exactly, being inspired yeah. by Apple. So, but I'm actually kind of uh, happy to see this, David. Now, Vizio came out of nowhere and pretty much owns the low end of the flat panel market in the United States. Right. I mean, they're they're everywhere. They're sold in Target and Walmart and Sam's Club and just all these you know big box resellers, and their prices generally are ten to fifteen to twenty percent cheaper than uh, you know. Uh, a Samsung or a Sony. 
or an LG or Hitachi or whatever. And they they've taken a huge chunk of that market. And they pretty yeah. much stayed silent about everything. They've just quietly released new models and sold well. So out of the blue, here they come announcing uh, two thin, light notebooks, a 15-inch, uh, and then a uh, desktop, an all-in-one PC, and they're starting at 898 running Windows 7. Um, what is it? It's Windows 7... Da, 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 da. Uh, home, home Premium? No, no, Signature Edition, which means no bloatware on it. Oh, right, okay. Just a plain Jane vanilla copy of Windows. None of the other crap that... Mac users love to point at window users and go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks like there's no stickers all over the front of it and Intel inside crap all over it. And now that's it. That's an interesting approach because uh, I mean, typically, uh, that looking at the flat panel TV market in the UK, there are probably five or six different companies who who are in that same space. Who you know, guys like. Technica and Digihome and LNX and basically what they do the model for these guys is they go in they buy in bulk direct from the factory and oh look at that I've been placed on hold by David held remotely and um, you know Skype just came up and said I was held remotely by you yeah sorry somebody tried to call me on the iPhone Ah, but I uh, killed the call so um so, yeah, that's, that's what these guys do. Now, typically, when they try and expand as well the markets, they, they follow the same approach. They'll go and take somebody's laptop chassis design uh, and uh, kind of slap their logo on it and sell it cheap in, you know, Costco or Sam's Club or whatever. The fact that they've opted instead for signature editions suggests to me that the, these guys perhaps have figured out that you can't just sell something that looks like a Mac uh, and is cheaper than a Mac uh, and expect it to sell like a Mac, but they're actually thinking, well, what, how can we differentiate? Well, it does look similar to a Mac, although their desktop line is this half pyramid thing with a very nice looking display. Um, they do have HDMI ports on them, so you can connect to a TV very easily. That's a that's nice surround sound audio, a blue uh, Blu-ray player. Um, you oh you can connect your cable box Blu-ray or okay I got it yeah uh, it's got dual HDMI ports which means that I think this is cool David so you can kick your video out but you can also bring video in so if you want right. to hook up your Xbox 360 to your laptop or your desktop you can do that I wish Apple was paying attention to that I really really do well Apple's just they've got one HDMI port haven't they on the yeah. on the new Retina Display MacBook Pro yeah. And I don't know. I know. I seriously doubt that it's going to allow you to use uh, the Mac screen as an external display for another device. No, I don't. The think only so. time they ever did that was very briefly with one model, and I believe it was the it's either 2010 or the 2009 27-inch iMac. You could yeah. actually plug uh, a PS3 or an Xbox or something into it, and it would act like a dummy monitor for it. I thought that's great. That's fantastic. And they pulled it away in the next revision. I don't know why. But, I, you know, I have to be honest, David. At the price point that Vizio is going to launch these lines, and for the design, and for putting in that Signature Series Windows 7, and it looks like it has some pretty in, impressive specs, this could be a, a real good 
computer, an option for some people. Yeah, I think yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what the fit and finish is like because you know that that well, really kind of separates the men from the boys, really. Yeah, uh, and also it's what, hard to what, tell what, what the Photoshop pictures up yeah. on All Things D, but still. And also the level of support that they can offer, because uh, I think one of the things that attracts many people to Apple and the Mac is the fact that you get ongoing support, um, not just for the you know for the hardware in terms of brake fix or anything like that, but you know you can get very good software support. You can arrange to go into the Apple stores and get schooled on you know various different things. You can take it into the Genius Bar if, it, if you have a software problem with it, you know, and you don't get much of that with Windows. I know they're kind of trying with the uh, with the Microsoft stores, but, but, you know, it's very early days for all of that. So I'm going to try to call David again because he just put me on hold again. Whoever's trying to call him has important business that David is ignoring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm uh, bouncing people away from me left, right, and center here. Well, you know, David, so, here's the thing. In the new iOS 6, one of the new features that Apple was showing off was a button when you get a phone call. And it, yeah. you can reply to a call with, like, I'll call you later, I'm on my way, what's up, or a custom thing. Um, that's kind of neat. You can, or you can set a, a kind of a don't disturb me time mode where basically the phone doesn't even ring. Right. Now, now let's some, be honest, Android's had this for a while. Yeah. And I, I have no problem with Apple taking some of, some ideas from other companies, since everybody's taking all their ideas from Apple anyways. Yeah. Um, but as an iPhone owner and user and a fan, I love it. It's fantastic. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Before we take our last break and wrap the show up, let's talk about iOS 6 a little bit. Uh, one of the most anticipated, i.e. everyone knew it was coming, uh, was Maps. And Maps, of course, is Apple is is now getting rid of Google Maps natively on the iPhone. I think Apple, I think Google will release their own Maps app for the uh, for the iPhone because it leaves yeah. a lot of, of troubling questions. What if I want to send someone directions on my iPhone and they don't have an iPhone? Is there a web interface to Apple's Maps? I mean, that's part of the the strength of Google. I could send you a link, uh, a Google link from my web browser to your phone, and it will route it for you and everything natively on the iPhone. You're not going to be able to do that here. So there's some questions, but Apple has this really cool-looking 3D flyover stuff. They're they're adding, and this is kind of a big deal, turn-by-turn navigation. Spoken directions to your destinations. The maps look, yeah, they look okay. Um, I'm a Navigon user, and I'm going to continue to use Navigon unless this is a lot better. And if it is, then I'll use this. I don't really care. The underlying data is from TomTom, who um, actually bought one of the big map providers. Yep. Um, And and to me, you know, I mean, this is that's the thing that interests me most about this because I've become over the last couple of years increasingly frustrated with the low quality of Google Maps. Yeah. Um, they, you know, the, the Street View stuff is very useful, and, um, you know, that's a feature I'm going to miss. But um, to be honest with you, I had I had literally just this week, I took a train from where I was staying in London down to South End, where my brother lives. Now, I know where he lives, but I normally go there in the car. He said, get off at this station. You're only two, three minutes walk from where I live. So I got off the station, looked it up. I basically, you know, plugged his address into my Maps application, 
put the dot on the screen, walked to where the dot was, and it was in the wrong place. It was half a mile in the wrong place. Nice. Yeah, it was on the right road, but it just wasn't in the right place on the road. I've also noticed the- that the Google Maps is very slow to render. Yeah. On, on both the yeah. web and mobile devices. And Apple is using uh, better technology there. It, it's, it's um, what's the word? Uh, vector art, which yeah. is extremely fast. So I yeah I think that it's early days, but there's a, a Apple has to do a lot more with maps to pull me away completely from Google Maps. I th- I think that's the thing you know Google's been doing it for a long time and Apple historically has a kind of a an approach where they launch these sort of services and in the early years it's pretty rough because it's fairly feature lacking yeah um, and and I suspect we may find that that's the situation this time around as well I really hope it it doesn't uh, and they you know they improve it quickly but we may find that you know apart from the headline stuff that works fine the kind of the the, the bits around the edges that you do rely on like being able to send links like being able to uh, you know hook it up to um, phone numbers and stuff like that um, may not be there. Or uh, or other apps using the map functionality. There's a lot of apps within the iOS platform that uses Google Maps. Uh, Siri's getting an update. So you could talk about sports and restaurants and movies. Okay. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I I want to ask you a question. One of the things that's coming in Mountain Lion, as well as uh, being updated in, in iOS 6, is the dictation functions. Yeah, have, I don't use you, dictation have, at all. Have you ever used it? <laughs> no, well, I here's where I've used it, dictation, but only on, and I might use it on the Mac if the functionality is, is usable. The only time I ever use dictation, David, other than Siri itself, is when I'm in the car, not driving because I'm not stupid, but I want to post something to Facebook on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. You can do that. You could dictate what you you could dictate to the phone, and it will post it up as text. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, but it's hit or miss. I found that it's probably eighty percent accurate, and then if I have to go back and correct words and stuff, well, screw it. I'll just type it out anyways. That's right. So yeah. it's it's all about the accuracy. And on iOS thus far, it's not accurate enough for me personally to comfortably use it yeah it, it, it is a i mean i know that this the, the kind of they're doing some back-end processing back at apple when you use these things but you know it really um as a as a technology group to me it's not it's not good enough and nope. and it you know it's so i mean one of the we i have a voice system on my car and one of my son's fun games is to get me to turn it on while we're driving somewhere and for him to call out points of interest he wants to appear on the map and then laugh at, at how it mangles them and puts something else on instead. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. But as a useful yeah, tool, exactly. it's not so much fun. Um, so that's that with Siri. Uh, the, I do use Siri a lot for reminders. I'll give it credit for that. I'm increasingly using it. If, some, if I have to do something and it's not today, um, I fire up Siri and say, remind me on Thursday to call David Cohen. And then I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. And for me, that's worked every single time I've used it. Uh, Facebook integration throughout iOS. I'll take a nap if you want to talk about it. I think, I think we, we all know my feelings of Facebook. So uh, that wasn't a feature I welcomed. Uh, Shared photo streams. Yeah. Everyone's on Facebook or 
Instagram or whatever anyway. So this is just, they've tried this in the past with uh, subscribing to other people's iPhotos and no one really cares. Uh, Passbook, still too early. I like the concept. Uh, well, we'll it, it really depends. Yeah, it really depends on everyone embracing it and being able to use it, right? Because um, you know that lives and dies by the content, really. So unless you can put your, um, yeah, you know, your train tickets, your boarding pass, your credit card details, and all these diff- other different things into it, and then have them accessible easily using phone, you know, when you need to use them at the point of sale, then nobody's going to be going to be interested. I did hear a a, a story on um, John Gruber's podcast recently where. Um, one of his guests said he had an electronic boarding pass um, on his iPhone and uh, he's running to the airport and he thought this was great and everything and he gets the front of the security queue after queuing for 20 minutes and they go, oh yeah, the scanner we have for that isn't working. Uh, you'll have to go back to the back of the line and print one out. Ouch. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the problem with all yep. of these things. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter how cool the app is. If you present your boarding pass from a uh, passport to some TSI dude and he just turns around and says oh no we're not doing that today um then <laughs> you're not going to use it again after that you're at the you're at the whims of the minimum wage weenie with a tiny bit of uh, power no question exactly so, yeah or 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 who just well i've not been trained on that sir so i, right. I think you better just do it the ordinary way right again the minimum wage weenie <laughs> yeah. with a little bit of authority who has a kind of a, a complex um <laughs> I, browsing in Safari looks like it's getting some, uh, including uh, iCloud tabs, which basically if you're on your computer and you're in the middle of an article, you can save that to iCloud tabs and pick up right where you left off on the iPad or the iPhone. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know what? All of that stuff depends on iCloud working properly, and well, they really need to get iCloud working properly. I agree. Because you know, at the moment, I'm—I mean, you meant to be able to sync bookmarks between all your iOS and, and Mac devices, and that's not working for me at the minute. And I have no idea what to do to try and get it working, but it just doesn't work. Accessibility is uh, has been upgraded now. You and I don't use accessibility, although there is a cool feature that I think I talked about making the uh, the phone flash at you. I think I talked about that with the, yeah, you, uh, with Guy Ciro. Yeah. yeah, but accessibility. Very, very vitally important to not a few people. A lot of people are using that. So absolutely fantastic that Apple is keeping the eye on the ball there. I applaud them. And, yeah, and, and also, again, a market leader in that, being that yep. um, accessibility on every other mobile device yep. sucks. Absolutely. You know, whereas there are plenty, plenty of people who, who need those features who find them you know, pretty good on the iPhone. And, and the iPad. And last, before we wrap up the show, I, I was thinking we were going to take another break, but we're just going to wrap it up after this because my wife's going to walk in any minute now. FaceTime over cellular. That's a big deal, David. That's a well, really look, big deal. Look at look at what I've just had to do for this for right. this call. Right. You know, Absolutely. I had I had to fire up the MiFi because the local Wi-Fi hotspot wasn't wasn't going to work, and there's no way Skype's going to work over three G unless I use a MiFi. And the fact that we've got to the end of the show and it's not dropped out shows that there's no technical reason why it can't work over three G. That's right. So <laughs> so FaceTime over cellular, that's going to be just that's going to be a lot bigger than most people think. Here's why. Yeah. I'm at the store. There's three different versions of this thing that my wife wants me to pick up. Which one do I get? I could call her and describe what the boxes look like, or I could call, and that, that takes 10 minutes, and I'm pissing yeah. off everybody else in the line. 
or I could simply fire up Facebook and go, honey, which one of these? The one yeah. in the middle. Boom. Done. Done. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I'm real. That's, that's bigger than I think most people think. Yeah. Uh, another thing that kind of struck me from, from the coverage I saw of the uh, WWDC keynote is the fact that oh, obviously the feature set will vary depending on what device you have, but uh, iOS 6 is, is going to run onto the 3GS, which is, you know, two generations back of phone. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not, they've not, they're not, not all the features off. though. Not all the features, no. And, and obviously, you know, there are some technical limitations there, but then nevertheless, the point is people who have those old phones are going to get an update. Um, and that's also very different from the rest of the industry. So David, Where, you know, yep. yeah. Even if you've bought the latest Nokia Lumia, good luck getting an update out of your carrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And as we wrap up, David, Microsoft has called a press event for this coming Monday. And it's being reported, and I think this is interesting, that Microsoft is going to um, uh, announce their own tablet running Windows. This isn't just supplying software to Samsung and Nokia and all these companies. This is Microsoft getting into the hardware business. That's nothing new for them. They make Xbox. They made mice. Hell, they made web TV way back in the day. But Microsoft entering the tablet market with a Microsoft-branded tablet. Personally, I think they should brand it Xbox, but whatever. Uh, The Xbox tablet, I think that would draw a lot more attention, especially if it focused on games. They They could actually sell those devices. I don't think they're going to sell a Windows RT branded lap, uh, slate. I don't. Well, you know, I th- maybe that's the, first I, that's the first I've heard of this. But my immediate response to that is, is you know, where you can look at that one of two ways: either yes, you know, they want they want to do the signature tablet for Windows RT, um, you know, the ARM version of Windows, which is Windows by name only, really. Um, <laughs> it's not really Windows. Um, or is it that they've been peddling this around all the hardware manufacturers and you know what? Nobody's interested in making one. They've seen what happened. They saw HP take a bath. They saw RIM take a bath. And they've all... I, I, they've I all think it's more themselves. than that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another one. I think it's Microsoft looking at Apple saying Apple's controlling the software and the hardware. Our partners can't do that. We're the only company that can do that. Even even Amazon doesn't do that. Look, the, the Kindle Fire, that's, that's not their proprietary software that's that's android yeah the the last time anybody even attempted this was hp but they had already thrown in the tower before they even released the damn thing the the new ceo had he wanted to move the company entirely so it was doomed from the beginning microsoft at this point is the only company that could release a tablet with their own os their own distribution and their own hardware I think it makes a lot of sense for them to do it. I do. Uh, I yeah. I still have doubts about their ability to really execute. Um, uh, well, that's we'll a see. that's a different that's different conversation completely. And I think they have a huge, huge brand in Xbox that has a lot of almost completely positive uh, momentum behind it. And if they brand this thing as like the Xbox tablet. The, or the X-Pad or something like that, and they focus on games initially, uh, I think it could I, be a big yeah. deal. I really do. I, I really hope they call it the X-Pad. Oh, because, wouldn't that be cool? 
Well, you know, I can just imagine the nuclear explosion that would occur <laughs> from Apple Legal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless Apple's going to go after every maxi pad company out there. Yeah, you you don't own the intellectual rights to the name pad. You just oh, don't. I bet. Well, you know, they managed to convince the world they own the rights to the word pod. So, uh, you know, they're only one letter away. Yeah. I, I hope they come out and call it the X-Pad, and I hope they fight it out. I don't want Apple to have exclusive use to that term pad. I, I don't. No. And I sell Apple products. I like the company. I like their products. I know people in upper management as well as at the store level. I, I, I'm i 100% an Apple guy. But the X-Pad sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, yes. my friend, let's wrap this up. Uh, are we good for next week? I think I am. I think I am. Hey, sounds like we're going to get together and do a show then. So like uh, David and I would appreciate any feedback. Simply go to techfanpodcast.com. Oh, dang it. You know what I just realized? We've got feedback, David. Oh, we missed it, did we? We missed it. It's because of, you know, I'm in a hurry because it's like eight minutes after when my wife usually walks in the door from... She usually texts me first says it's well, safe. Let, let, let's pick it up first thing next week, then. Yeah, yeah. Remind me next week. We've got some feedback. Um, I believe John Nemo sent us some feedback. Uh, he wanted to correct me that at the 2007 Macworld Expo, remember I was talking about sitting there watching the unveiling of the iPad, or the iPhone? Oh, the iPhone. And yeah. I said I was sitting next to Guy Searle. I wasn't. I was sitting next to John Nemo. Now, that's a that's a difficult mistakes to make that is it absolutely is and as soon as he reminded me uh his daughter she but actually texted him during the keynote and he showed me his phone um it came back to me in a flash and i I was i was slightly embarrassed that i didn't remember that i did remember i I remembered it incorrect i felt bad because that was a moment that john and john and i i think it's the only time that john and i sat together at during a steve jobs uh, Steve Jobs' keynote. So it was a significant one, and John, I prof- profusely apologize. Well, so, you know what? I think I think guys should be more more embarrassed about the fact that he didn't chime he in didn't and say, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> he couldn't remember either. He's, he doesn't <laughs> listen to the show. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, com is the website. Click the button that says contact us. Fill out the little dude ads. We'll read your content here on the on the show unless... David and I are acting goofy and we don't get to it like this week because we're distracted with the hunt for a white open Wi-Fi access. Um, and there was a lot to talk about this week too. Uh, but we would love to hear back from you guys. And if you know what, if you've got an extra few minutes, click the link on techfanpodcast.com or the show notes at mymac.com and go to our iTunes listing and write a review, good, bad, or indifferent. Or at the very least, go to our page in iTunes and, you know, you can give that little one to five star rating. Give us a rating up there. I'm not telling you to do a five, but if you do anything less than, say, four, David Cohen will get really mad and send a a vicious pit bull to your house. Um, (laughs) uh, We'd really appreciate it. That that would be great. So in the meantime, techfanpodcast.com. Send us some feedback. We'd love it. David, my friend, as always. Um... See you next week. Speak to you next week.